You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Today on the Morning Edition, day three of the state legislative session and education funding is clearly taking center stage for many lawmakers in the Capitol. More from a late joint session and what came out of it. Plus, there is no way you can tell anyone that what you show there is six and a half stories. A hot topic of discussion for Bayshore Platte residents as Chugach Electric proposes to rebuild its substation in the neighborhood. And later, Gobble the sea lion is back home in the ocean after he was saved from crossing a freeway as the morning edition starts now. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us. So happy for Gobble, of all names, Gobble the sea lion. Uh, wh where'd the name come from? I don't was know he gobbling something down? No, they caught him. He was like passing a freeway or something, but... I think they just, maybe he was just gobbling up fish when they took him in. Have you seen know. anything on TikTok of Neil the seal? Just yes. Just over TikTok. Yes. Seals are kind of cute. We'll see lion seals. Looking forward to see otters. more about gobble here <laughs> over the next hour. Uh, waking up this morning, it is a chilly one across South Central. We've got those temperatures expected to uh, uh, really cool down here uh, as we close out this week and welcome in the weekend. And starting off this morning, we are seeing parts of South Central uh, where those temperatures are sitting near or below zero. Now, at the airport, we are seeing those temperatures uh, right at 10 degrees with winds out of the southeast at three miles per hour. Uh, notice that dew point hovering near four degrees. So we still have the possibility uh, to see those temperatures uh, steadily drop as we uh, welcome in the morning hours. In fact, we have seen temperatures at the airport uh, already dip into the single digits uh, earlier this morning. 17 degrees as you head out towards South Anchorage, seven below in Campbell Creek, a zero in Jay Bear as well as Muldoon, while Eagle River is sitting at eight degrees. So it is a chilly start to the morning uh, across all of South Central. You can see seven degrees in Wasilla, while Kenai is dropping to five below. Uh, there are some warm locations, Talkeetna at 27 degrees, uh, Valdez at 29. Now, Talkeetna is sitting on the warmer side compared to surrounding locations uh, as winds are with you this morning. We're going to be talking about winds gusting up to 25 miles per hour uh, as you head out towards uh, Trapper Creek, Talkeetna, uh, likely as far north as Cantwell as we head uh, throughout the uh, mid-morning and afternoon hours. These northerly winds, northeasterly winds we've been dealing with, uh, driving in that colder air. And you can see many areas across South Central about 5 to 32 degrees colder uh, than what we saw this time yesterday morning. And we're going to continue to see these temperatures uh, steadily cool off as we welcome in the coming days. We're going to be talking about highs by Sunday, likely staying in uh, the single digits. For today, uh, expect plenty of sunshine. We'll see those temperatures return back into the mid to upper teens throughout the afternoon hours. I'll have more details on what to expect as we welcome the weekend with even colder weather heading our way. Those details coming up. Since the start of the legislative session in Juneau, we've been following along. Our Steve Kirch tracked a late joint session. That's where lawmakers voted against overriding the governor's K-12 funding veto. Now, the vote was 33 to 26, 12 short of the 45 needed to override a veto. But on the House side, the clerk, please it was a different story as the House voted 19 to 21 against. Now, remember, this goes back to last year when lawmakers Senator passed Freeman. a funding boost of $175 million for K-12 schools. But the governor vetoed half of the amount at roughly $87 million. 
which would have had a key impact on increasing the base student allocation. Now, there were many mixed emotions from senators and representatives leaving the House chambers after the vote last night. Unfortunately, we didn't get a majority of the state house, and so I think if folks want to fund education, they need to uh, flip some of those house seats in the coming year and uh, get people to actually support funding our schools. Well, I think we have uh, in the works House Bill 140 that is a more longer-term solution to the education funding, and this one-time funding that we would have overridden is not necessary because we're working on more of a long-term solution to the problem. And, we're tired of the Band-Aid solutions and want to go in and try to fix it. Once the legislature convenes, it has five days to go into joint session and discuss overriding the governor's vetoes. And in a surprising move, the House didn't vote to invite the Senate into a joint session, but some House members voiced to leadership that they had a constitutional obligation to head into a joint session to address this. An update on SNAP benefits. As of today, there are 6,500 applications or renewals that have yet to be processed. Some of those you, people Mr. have been Chair. waiting many uh, months you, to get uh, food assistance. Department of Health Commissioner Heidi Hedberg told members of the Senate Health and Social Services Committee that she hopes to have the backlog completely cleared by the end of February. She says one thing that is helping, the department has temporarily stopped doing those in-person interviews, even though it is required by the federal government. By prioritizing getting the benefits out, um, really said it's more important that we focus on getting the benefits out. We see the value of interviews, but we need to focus on the training. And so we are temporarily pausing the interviews, accepting client statements, and those are the immediate actions we're taking. The department is currently processing about a thousand applications a week. They also say in the future things should go more smoothly as they've recently added an online application for SNAP benefits, which should be easier to use and faster to process. The U.S. Attorney's Office says a former Anchorage USPS mail carrier was arrested in Missouri. It comes after an Alaska federal grand jury charged him with fraud and theft for stealing checks from the mail. The court documents say Nas Young, who is 25, altered checks, usually with whiteout, and wrote his name on the checks. That way it would look as if the checks were made out to him. Prosecutors say Zyong would then deposit the altered checks into his own bank account. Court docs say that money added up to more than $39,000. The documents go on to say the checks were stolen from Northrum Bank, Bank of America, Key Bank, and Mount McKinley Bank. The carrier is a trusted uh, member of the community and people's mail you know, they expect to get their mail. Some people, if they don't get their mail, they can, can mess up their lifestyle, period. He faces a potential fines at up to 30 years in prison. Proposed alterations to a Chugach electric substation on the south side of Anchorage is seeing some major pushback from neighbors. Lex Shelverton was at last night's Bayshore Clatt Community Council meeting and says it was a hot topic of discussion. So you can see the substation behind us. Um, there's a couple of uh, issues with the uh, rebuild that people are really taking issue with. Chugach Electric's proposal to rebuild its substation in the Bayshore Clatt neighborhood would bring a nearly 65-foot tower and new landscaping to a corner of a four-way stop on the south side. The Bayshore Clubhouse was packed Thursday night as the proposal took center stage and saw opposition from most of the Bayshore Clatt Community Council and community members. Where did these come from? Because we knew immediately 
that they did not represent the true, accurate picture of how high a 60, that's six and a half stories. There is no way you can tell anyone that what you show there is six and a half stories. What is the minimal height of that tower to get everything you need for connectivity, data collection, and everything? That is height that was permitted. So you're saying 65 feet is the minimum? Yeah. 60 foot with a lightning rod on top. That's correct. Yeah. Can you produce that data? There were few who publicly supported the project at the meeting Thursday. So I'm very curious, and I'm not trying to be one of those people, but I'm very curious about how, how many of you will actually notice this on a regular daily basis. During the meeting, Chugach Electric answered questions, but few saw solid answers. Julie Haskett, the communications manager for Chugach Electric, spoke before the meeting's start and says the substation is nearing the end of its useful life, with it being roughly 50 years old and having what she calls outdated technology. As the load has grown, as the neighborhood has grown, as communications have gotten more sophisticated, it's time to upgrade that substation and make it so we can continue to provide safe, secure, and reliable power to our members. Haskett maintains Chugach Electric has been engaged throughout the process of bringing the proposal to fruition and says company representatives attended multiple community council meetings. Still, Bruce Schulte, the president of the Bayshore Clatt Community Council, says he is in opposition to the proposal, in part due to lack of communication throughout the process. Our concern is we want Chugach, as a neighbor in this community, to be sensitive to the fact that this is not an industrial zone. This is the entrance to a residential community and a fairly distinctive one where the, the residents take a lot of pride in the aesthetics of the streetscape and we want Chugach to respect that. Lexi Elverton, Alaska's news source. Chugach Electric submitted a conditional use permit to the municipality in June which it says was approved unanimously by the Planning and Zoning Commission. The Southport Master Association did file an appeal to that conditional use permit, which is still ongoing. An update now on the above ground pipeline leak on the North Slope. There are 24 response personnel on scene and an additional 95 personnel supporting the cleanup efforts. The recovered contaminated snow is being staged in Dead Horse where it will be melted and then the natural gas condensate will be separated out and then measured to refine the calculation of the amount of product leaked. With the investigation ongoing, crews plan to remove the pipeline insulation and evaluate the source of the leak to determine appropriate repair methods. So far, they say no animals have been impacted. Coming up, training service dogs takes time and patience, but how are we supposed to react when we meet one in public? Well, that's what a class from UAA Nursing is working on this semester. We'll hear more from them after the break. And still holding on to some sunshine across South Central as we head throughout the day. We're going to continue to see even colder conditions closing out this week. We'll have more details on that. But first, the sunrise, 949, sunset, 431, sitting at 6 hours and 41 minutes ahead. Good morning, everyone. Back here on your Friday, let's get a check of weather. Aaron, we've kind of put a pause on the snowfall, but the wind chill and the winds have yeah, we're going to continue to see uh, even colder conditions as we welcome in the coming days. Uh, talking about temperatures dropping down uh, into the single digits as we welcome in our Sunday. Now, wind chills this morning, 12 below in McGrath. As 
uh, well as 10 below in Galena, 16 below in Fort Yukon. You can see out towards uh, the Aleutians, we've got those wind chills in the teens and the 20s, while areas out towards southeast uh, continue to tap into some of those colder conditions as well. Now, what we're going to begin to watch throughout the day, uh, that ridge of high pressure that's continuing to back off over the open waters of the Bering, uh, it's going to continue to lead to more sunshine as we head uh, into the afternoon hours. Temperatures for today likely topping out in the upper teens for inland areas, uh, while the Gulf Coast region manages to warm into the 20s and the 30s. There is that ridge. Uh, you can see just how it's influencing uh, the state of Alaska. Fairly quiet conditions continue uh, with plenty of sunshine in the forecast for the remainder of the day. Now, one thing we are going to be watching uh, as we welcome in the weekend is winds increasing out towards southwest Alaska. Uh, we're going to be talking about the possibility that we could see winds in excess of 40 to 50 miles per hour uh, as we welcome in the coming days. And that's going to lead to some very bitter cold wind chills. Already seeing that uh, flow coming in from the north, northeast, that's driving in those colder conditions. Uh, and you can see many areas across the state. Nome, 15 degrees colder than this time yesterday. Anchorage, 11 degrees colder. Uh, out towards southeast, you can see Juneau and uh, Yakutat, about 15 degrees colder. So uh, many areas already beginning uh, to cool off. And you can really see as we close out this week and welcome in the weekend, how this colder air is going to surge southward uh, from the slope as we've got that trough of cold air that's going to uh, dive southward through both Alaska and Canada. We're going to be talking about temperatures by Sunday night into Monday morning. Uh, through parts of the interior out towards uh, eastern interior and western Canada uh, could easily see those temperatures drop down as low as 45 to 50 below uh, as we welcome in our, our Sunday night and Monday morning. We're also talking about temperatures here in south central uh, could drop as low as uh, right around zero to 10 below for many of those colder hit or colder spots uh, that we'll typically see. As far as closing out the month of January, you can see trending colder across a large portion uh, of the state while warmer conditions look to take hold out towards southeast. Uh, we're going to continue to see daily highs in the teens and uh, likely the lower 20s as we welcome in next week. Uh, so be prepared for these chilly conditions. 32 in Homer, 29 in Seward. Uh, winds, not much of an issue today, but we could still see some breezy conditions through Prince William Sound. Uh, Valdez winds up to 35 miles per hour. A temperature of 1 degree in Golcana today uh, with those overnight lows dropping down to about 20 to 25 uh, below zero. Uh, so colder weather already returning to the region. Overnight lows through the valley. You can see uh, 10 below in uh, Willow, while surrounding locations will likely see those temperatures dipping uh, into the teens. So colder weather is making a return to South Central. Uh, you can see into our Saturday, we'll see a high of 18, 9 degrees Sunday, overnight lows dropping uh, into the single digits. And again, there will be uh, locations that will see sub-zero values uh, starting uh, tonight and then lasting through early Monday morning. Through next week, watching the possibility for some snow with those temperatures warming back near 20. All right, thanks for the update, Aaron. Service dogs are an integral part of their owner's lives. However, not everyone is so sure how to react when they see one in public. Georgina Fernandez tells us more about how a UAA class wants to train the public on how to behave around service dogs. Creating awareness and education for service dog etiquette. That's the goal here at UAA for nursing students during their spring semester population health class. For the past two years, Locks. wherever Jeff Matthew goes, so does Locks. His four-year-old yellow lab, his best friend, who plays a critical part in keeping Matthew safe. He helps me walk in a straight line. He helps me to ambulate. If I were to have a medical event, he's there to keep me safe, to get help for me if I need. Locks is a service dog that was trained to help Matthews navigate 
both physical and other challenges he is dealing with after serving in the military. But a lack of public knowledge about service dogs has been an issue for both of them. We'll walk around and folks will say, oh, he's in a vest, you can't pet him. But it's more than just petting, it's distraction. Those distractions, Matthews tells us, could put him at a risk. He blames the issue on a lack of service animal etiquette. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. It's a problem UAA professor Angela Trujillo has also seen in the community. And so she and Matthews want people to become more aware of service animals. During the next few months, Trujillo's community health class will be doing a community assessment project on service dogs, hoping to educate the community. And then also, um, I think it's a really amazing opportunity for our students to have this information and then they will be able, because they're going to be encountering these in the hospital and medical settings. At the end of the semester, students will take everything they learned by creating a PSA about service animal etiquette. And educators tell me there is the potential that those PSAs will be presented to the Alaska Nurses Association. At UAA, Georgia Fernandez, Alaska's News Source. Some students at Grady Middle School got a hands-on lesson about the Revolutionary War. Eighth graders in Tanya Lim Social Studies class learned about the war from the Traveling Trunk, a collection of replica artifacts from that time provided by the National American Battlefield Trust. Lim set up four stations where students could see, hear, and touch the replicas, which included a knife, women's clothing, a soldier's uniform, and items a soldier might carry. And they get to practice like writing a letter if they were a soldier. Um, they got to see the things they carry, like the hardtack that they carried, or the tea, um, playing cards, a candle, things like that that they would have in their sack on them as they would travel from place to place. This particular travel trunk is making its first appearance in Alaska. It's already visited the other 49 states. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcasts from Alaska's news source automatically and stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska's news source app.